Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This week we are talking about being flexible, having a plan B, and um, really planning to have a plan B. And um, you are also going to get the bonus of my wind chimes in the background because yes, I record at home and it's windy outside and there's no amount of window closing that is going to change that right now. (laughs) So enjoy, enjoy the background music of this podcast brought to you by the wind. Okay, so let's, speaking of plan Bs, (laughs) speaking of things not going as planned, uh, let's jump in. So, you know, when we talk about... We talk a lot about on this podcast about um, how I hope for all of us to become more and more and more resilient. There's no end in terms of how resilient we can become. And um, we need to become resilient because we need to be able to recover, adjust our plans, um, learn from things that happen, get that feedback and use it as, as experience and lessons to propel us forward and to keep learning and keep growing and keep getting stronger and leveling up, leveling up, right? Where Whether it's with the dogs that we have or even with a new a new puppy into our lives, right? We want to keep improving and we want to not necessarily be hard and tough, but we want to be resilient because there are so many things that occur that we often have to recover or come back or bounce forward from, you know, maybe something that didn't go our way or didn't go according to plan. And of course, speaking of plans, you know, very seldom does everything go exactly as we had imagined. And, um, you know, we talk a lot about too, about things that are in our control and things that are out of our control. And while, I mean, I'm a control freak, I admit it. um, And while those of us control freaks and those of you who are not control freaks, you know, would like to be able to predict or plan every aspect of the whole weekend, but for sure the run and all of that. And even if we do all of our visualizations and we do, you know, our rituals and we, and we stick to our plan and we, we train and all that, there's still so many variables. Okay. And that's part of the reason I like for you to really focus on the things you can control, because if we can eliminate or reduce the amount of variables there, right? Really plan for that. Really, you know, everything from like getting your breakfast organized and what you're going to wear, you know, all the way to, you know, practice rehearsal, things like that and visualization. Um, If we can get the things in our control um, taken care of, that allows us or frees up energy for all of those other things that surprise us or our other variables that will pop up. Okay. Um, I heard a lot of stories uh, coming back from the AKC Nationals that was recently held in Florida about there was a lot of things that did not go according to plan there. 
And what I was super impressed with is how um, resilient people were and how well they were still able to perform given some of the chaos that was happening around them. And I give them a lot of credit for, again, taking care of the things they can take care of, um, knowing that you know, no one can control the fact that there weren't enough signs or, you know, there wasn't really a vet on site or, you know, all of this other sort of crazy stuff was kind of happening. Um, But they were able to perform because they had controlled the things that they could control, right? So let's talk about those plan Bs. Let's talk about being flexible. And we're going to take that flexibility thing first. So when we talk about resilience and we talk about being, we have to talk about being flexible too, because since everything, since we're not sitting at a desk programming robots, right? Um, We, there's always an element of flexibility in every run. Okay. And the best handlers are the ones who can sort of just be really present, be really aware of what's happening and be able to adjust their plan accordingly. Be flexible. They have the same goal. They have maybe even the same process goals, the same outcome goals. Maybe they're working on developing the same skills, but they're able to see that they need to be flexible and responsive, not reactive, but responsive to what's happening in the moment. And that's what I mean when I talk about holding on loosely, that we have a goal, we have a plan even, we have a very a strong vision of how we want this run to unfold, yet we hold on loosely in that we allow there to be some or allow or expect maybe there to be some amount of variance, you know, some amount of um, difference between what we see in our minds and what we envision and what we plan for and what actually unfolds. And what's interesting is once we allow and kind of hold on loosely, in other words, you know, not grip so tight, not be such tight control freaks of every aspect, what's interesting is sometimes what unfolds is even better than what we could have imagined, right? We don't really always have control over the how, you know, um, and so we can put a plan together and we might still get the outcome, but how that unfolded might be very different than what we expected or planned for. And that's okay. And we have to get comfortable with a certain amount of uncomfortableness, um, not that that's a word, of course, but we have to get comfortable with that and be willing to be present and so that we can be responsive and flexible to what our dogs need with the course or the situation or, you know, your, um, you know, obedience run or whatever, something pops up in the environment, how are you going to be able to respond? And, um, you know, we train for a lot of scenarios, but we can't possibly train for every scenario right? Um, You know, if a man in an umbrella hat walks in, you know, I have not trained for that. That was not on my, you know, puppy's socialization list of things to do, right? So, I mean, there's just, I mean, that's a silly example, but there's crazy stuff that pops up that we can't really imagine. So, we want to create a flexible enough construct, if you will, that we can perform to our best, we can have connection, our dogs can perform to their best, and we can still accomplish what we came to do, 
okay? The related thing is the whole concept of a plan B. There's a lot of jokes, of course, (laughs) made about having a plan B or C or D or E or F, et cetera, through the alphabet. And, um, but I think what's, what gets people is that when they invest so heavily in a single plan and they don't necessarily allow for it to be any other way. And then if something happens to that plan A, they're not prepared to to pivot right or to be flexible or they don't have a plan b and you know different venues require different types of this um you know in um you know obedience right it might be a little bit of a less forgiving environment Yet, when I go into an obedience ring, I do have multiple plans in my head because I'm thinking, well, if my dog does this, that, um, you know, then maybe I'm going to use the fix and go. Or, you know, if if something really happens, I want want to be able to use my fix and go. How am I going to use my fix and go? When am I going to use my fix and go? Um, And the fix and go in obedience, while it's a similar concept as it is to agility, it's executed very differently. I've, um, for instance, decided not to use my fix and go too early because as soon as you use it, of course, then you're done in the ring. And um, a judge was like, do you want to use your fix and go? And I'm like, nope, I want to keep going because I was thinking if I'm going to use my fix and go, I'm going to use it later in this run, right? Well, that's having a plan. I'm not planning to fail. I'm not planning that I'm going to need my fix and go in the obedience ring. I'm not planning to end queue. What I'm planning on is I need to get the best possible experience for my dog in this situation, given where they are in the training. And if I need to use my fix and go, if this comes up, I am planning that I would use it here and here, but not there and there. <laughs> okay. Um, I know it's super vague, but uh, it just kind of depends on the run, right? And, and it's hard to say. Whereas in agility, you can walk into a ring and say, okay, I'm having an issue with this, that, or my contacts or my A-frame or, you know, um, or, you know, uh, my dog has a bar a lot when it's jump tunnel or the jump after the tunnel, right in and out of tunnels sometimes is, is bar. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to go reset that bar and I'm going to fix that. Um, and so, but it's the same kind of thing. You don't, it doesn't mean you're planning to fail. It doesn't mean you're planning to make a mistake. It means that you are playing what I call the long game. You're like, you know, my agility career, my obedience career, rally, you know, water work, whatever is much longer than this one run. And if that's true, then, you know, if something does go wrong, now I got to look to the future. What is the kind of, what do I want to leave my dog with? You know, do I want them to understand that I can fix this in the ring? You may think this is a show, but but no, we're going to fix this. Um, You know, what is my plan if something goes wrong? And it doesn't necessarily have to be to 
the extent of needing a fix and go, right? That you and cue and you want to fix it. It doesn't have to be to that. Maybe you're in agility and you just don't make it um, to that to the timing for your blind cross. And so maybe you have to do another type of side change. What are you going to do? And, you know, there's times where I will walk a course and I will think, oof, I know what I should do. I know what I want to do there, but can I get there? for instance, right? Um, you know, is it, is this, is my dog going to be going ahead of me? I really want to do a rear cross there, but my dog needs to be ahead of me in order to do that. Is that going to happen? And if I'm not sure, I might walk it two different ways, right? I may have in my pocket, okay, my first plan, my desired plan is for my dog to go ahead of me so that I can get that rear cross in, but if my dog is next to me or behind me, I'm going to do this side change instead, okay? And again, it's, it's not not committing, right? Some people will hear that and be like, no, you need to commit to that and you need to get there. And yeah, that's ideal. But if you are in a situation or depending on how the course looks, the skills of your dog, the appropriate expectations you have of the dog that you are running in that ring on that day, um, you may need to plan for a plan B or a plan C. And I don't believe that there's anything wrong with doing that. I don't think that that takes away from your initial goals or your skills or your desires or any of those things that you are striving for and reaching for and trying to level up. I actually think it's showing um, and planning for flexibility and being open and getting your brain sort of in the habit of saying, well, there might not be just one way. There might be multiple ways to accomplish what it is that I want to accomplish. And, you know, I you know, like a lot of things that we talk about, this is life lessons too, right? This, this bleeds over into your training. This bleeds over probably, I don't know, in your work life, you know, maybe, you know, other areas of your life. And I think that people hesitate sometimes to think of plan B's or, you know, I've even heard trainers, you know, or instructors, you know, someone says, what do you, you know, what are you going to do here? And, and the instructor and the student says, well, I want to do this. My plan is to do that. And they're like, then you are going to commit to it. Well, maybe. And they can be committed, but also something can change in the environment and they need to be able to adjust. So I want us to be flexible and responsive in the moment and present enough to be able to see what is unfolding to make a different choice. Does that make sense? And what I think is helpful for some people, um, some people can only hold like one plan in their head, right? Maybe you're a person who has trouble remembering the course as it is. And you're like, you want me to hold multiple plans in my brain plus the course. And I have to hold multiple plans maybe for multiple points in the course. Like you're crazy lady. Um, so I get that. I get that that might be a challenge. Um, but in most cases, or in some cases, I should say, there's a point in the course where you're like, I don't know about this one area. Or there's a point in your rally course where you don't know if you're going to be able to execute that skill or 
Um, you know, be, if you don't do the backup correctly, does that put you in a different position for the next sign? Um, in obedience, do you know if you're going to be able to execute all of it, right? There are times where you're like, I'm not certain of our skill or timing or just like where the moon is on that day and your ability to execute that. Um, you know, maybe you're not as feeling as fast today or what have you. Um, there's a lot of reasons that you may be considering um, or be unsure of your plan. And I think it's very beneficial, my opinion, is it's very beneficial to have a couple of things in your back pocket so that if something happens, you're not caught flat-footed, okay? Because some people don't do well by having to think of something on the fly. Some people are fine with that. Some people are like, yeah, I freaking improvised. I meant to do a blind there, but... There was no way in heck I was getting that in. So I ended up doing a whatever and it worked out. Some people are comfortable with that. Some people that freaks, that freaks them out. <laughs> it just undoes them. So I think it's helpful to, you know, if you're in agility, walk it a couple different ways. If you're in obedience, have a couple different plans of how something might go down. Um, like if you're having trouble getting your connection or having your dog um, sort of engage with you in between exercises, what's what's a plan B? What's something else you can try? Um, are you willing to say to the judge like, hey, I'm going to excuse ourselves. It's not our day or what have you. Like what are some of the other things you can have in your back pocket in case you need some? And knowing sometimes that they're in your back pocket It doesn't mean you have to use them. It doesn't mean that you're going to, you know, not be able to execute your plan A. It just means that you are prepared for some of the variables that may come up because, you know, see first sentence, we're not in control of all the aspects, right? We don't know what's going to happen in the ring. We don't know what's going to happen in the environment of the building or I don't know. There's a whole bunch of things that can happen. You all have stories. You all have your own stories of like crazy stuff that's happened in the ring, right? So um, I think that if you're one of those people, you might do very well to have some other plans, okay? Um, I think that this can extend also beyond just in the ring. This might extend into your day. This might extend to into your prep. Um, you know, you, maybe if you don't get there as early or something or just some, whatever other, your rituals or your other prep that you have around. Um, the other thing too, is that, you know, sometimes when you get to event and again, those of you who just got back from Florida, um, probably have stories about this, but you know, things start to unfold differently in the weekend than you planned for. Um, you, probably need to go find a quiet place and kind of reassess your plan and think through like, okay, how does this change my plan? How does this change what I was going to do this weekend? How does this change my morning rituals? You know, maybe you, um, I don't know, got to the hotel and forgot something or they don't offer a service or something that you were really counting on. Um, or maybe you, the trial site doesn't open as early in the morning. I don't know. I'm making up things, but you get my drift. When sometimes when we get to a place or location, 
It's not set up the way that we imagined it would be and we have to make a plan. Rather than freak yourself out, go lock yourself in your car for like 10 minutes and just have a think and really sit down and revise your plan. It's it's a bigger deal for your brain. It's more exhausting for your brain. It's more stressful for your brain to sit there and have to figure it out again and again and again in the moment. When sometimes you can remove yourself, sit in your car, hear yourself think, you know, for 10 minutes or something or five minutes and just say, okay, how does this change things? What am I going to do differently? How does this change things? And just take a couple breaths, think about what your revised plan is going to be, and then go execute against that. Okay. You know, maybe you're traveling with other people. How is that impacting you? Um, you know, what are the, some of the surprises or something that are coming up? Let yourself process it and let yourself come up with a new plan. And you might have to do that in the evenings. Or like I said, just like go out, take a walk by yourself or go block yourself in your car, like I said, like whatever you need to do to sort of reset and revise your plan and come up with a new plan. Okay. Because like I said, it's very stressful to put yourself in a position where you think that you don't have control and things are happening to you instead of you being able to like kind of regain some of that control by revising your plan. Okay. So, you know, sometimes there's a situation will arise where you're like, look, there is no amount of flexibility that's getting me through this gracefully. (laughs) Okay. This is craziness. I can't believe this is happening. Yada, yada. And so that would be a moment where I would, for my, if it were me, I would be like, "Ooh, I'm going to need a minute. I'm going to need a minute to just sit by myself, think this through for a second, take a couple deep breaths and come out with my new plan. All right. And I don't want you to be afraid to do that. I, you need to, you know, it's that old adage of like, you know, put your mask on first on the planes. Of course, mask has a whole new meaning, but put your os- oxygen mask on first on planes. You, know, you have to take care of yourself first. If you, if your brain feels scrambled, you are not going to be a good handler to your dog. You're not. You can't. It doesn't work that way, right? They're going to be, and in some cases, some dogs will feel like they have to take care of you and then they have to step up and make decisions. And they don't always make the same decisions that we would make, especially on course or in a ring or when they feel like that they have to be in charge. Um, And I've seen dogs who are so connected to their handlers say, like, really step up and do that. And it's cool, but also they shouldn't have to do that. That's our job. So we want to make sure that we're being the best, most effective leaders that we can be. And sometimes that means not only being flexible and being able to roll with things, but really making multiple plans or being able to revise our plan during the day or in the evening in between runs or something like that so that we can be the best handler for our dogs in that moment. And it requires us to be present. It requires us to respond, not react. And it requires us to kind of step back and take a breath. Okay. Especially if we're revising a big plan. If we're on course, you know, you got to be present. You got to be aware of what's happening in the moment and be mindful of the fact that you have 
maybe a different handling choice that you can make like on the fly um, because you walked it that way or you were prepared for this or you thought through that if this happened, you've got a plan for this so you're not surprised, you're not caught flat-footed, you know what it is that you want to do, right? And that is so much more empowering, so much more empowering to feel that and walk into that ring and go like, hey, multiple scenarios can happen here and, and I got it. Okay, that's how I want you to feel. Very feels very Wonder Woman, right? Hands on hips. Like that's how I want you to feel. Like no matter what comes up for you, you have the presence of mind and present is in presence of mind, right? You have the presence of mind in that moment to make the best decision for your team. Okay? All right kind of deep, but kind of useful. Um, I know that like I'm going into an agility weekend and I just, I know, I mean, I'm going to a a site I know well. Um, and I, I, I've been to this club, so I know how the trial is going to run. And yet still can't even predict how my runs will go and how many different plans I may need. Right. But that's part of the game. And I want to improve that as a as a skill as a mental muscle and so that's something that you know we're always working on so i hope that you are off to somewhere fabulous this weekend with your dogs whether it's doing something um whatever whatever it is no matter what it is i hope you're having fun and i just hope you have a great week with your dogs thanks Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.